Spring is in the air at Littleton Coin Company, and we want to help you brighten your collection. Visit us at littletoncoin.com all month long to enjoy 15% off your purchase. With a wide selection of coins, paper money, supplies, and more, Littleton Coin Company has something for every collector's taste. Use promo code SPRING at littletoncoin.com for 15% off your purchase all month long. Restrictions apply. Littleton Coin Company. Serving collectors since 1945. You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, activities, excursions, and more in one place to make your trip truly unforgettable. Viator has over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from. Everything from simple tours to extreme adventures and all the niche, interesting stuff in between. So you can plan something that everyone you're traveling with will enjoy. Real traveler reviews give the inside scoop from people who've already been on the experiences you're considering. So you can plan with confidence. Free cancellation helps you plan for the unexpected. And 24-7 customer support means you can travel worry-free. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. This is the Wicked South Podcast, exploring the dark history of the Murdoch legal dynasty and fascinating criminal cases on both sides of the law. Brace yourselves, Wicked South listeners. Shots are about to ring out at a church in a moonshine-infested area of South Carolina called Dark Corner. A powerful public official is about to be murdered in a troublesome place called Hellhole Swamp. And court proceedings in Hillsville, Virginia, are about to be adjourned by a hail of bullets. You are about to hear these amazing true stories and much more from a great South Carolina writer, journalist, and historian, Catherine Smith, author of Baptist and Bootleggers and the upcoming Moonshine and Methodist. Brace yourselves, pour a little snort of white lightning to steady your nerves, and follow us in a prohibition expedition through the South. The voice, of course, Michael C. DeWitt Jr., who is a writer, a storyteller, a journalist, all-around good guy. And uh, they can find more information on this podcast, Seton. At The Wicked South Podcast on Facebook. I should say. Matt Harris, Seton Tucker, along with uh, Michael DeWitt, who writes for the USA Today Network and has written um, many books on the South and the Murdochs. And we want to get to our guest right now. Uh, first of all, uh, Catherine, tell us a little bit about your your background uh, and how you got involved with moonshine. <laughs> <laughs> well, my background is in journalism. Um, in fact, Michael and I had a get acquainted chat a couple of days ago, so lots of commonality there. Um, I worked at daily papers around South Carolina for 17 years, winding up at the Anderson Independent Mail as editorial page editor. And then I moved into nonprofit work, worked for a couple of nonprofits, and then I helped start one and managed that one for a number of years. It was a, it's the Cancer Association of Anderson, which is a, helps local cancer patients with some of their um, expenses and emotional support and all that kind of thing. And then um, I stepped away from that about 10 years ago and started 
going back to my first love of writing and I've written um, a number of books since then. So um, the the one with the whole business with, with Moonshine and, and Methodist and Baptist and bootleggers is um, a direct result of being the daughter and mother of PhD economist. And I know that's a stretch. <laughs> but it's a stretch. <laughs> <laughs> but my, my father, Bruce Yandel, is a, is a very prominent economist, um, still going strong at 90. And wow. he um, came up with a theory a number of years ago of regulation called bootleggers and Baptist. And the idea is if you have moral cover for a regulation that's going to help your industry, it's more likely to get implemented and it's more likely to last. And the example he gave was um, that Baptist and bootleggers are both in favor of banning alcohol sales on Sunday. The Baptist because it's a sin and the bootleggers because it opens up the market for them. No legal sales, sales, so they handle all the illegal sales, sales. And when um, a few years ago, my dad and my son, Adam Smith, who's a um, big surprise, um, also went into economics, um, wrote a book together of case studies that they called um, bootleggers and Baptists, and I was so proud of them. You know, here's my dad and my son of 50 years apart in age. They collaborate on this book, and as soon as I'd get the words out of my mouth, bootleggers and Baptists, somebody'd say, oh, that sounds like a really fun book, <laughs> and I'd have to say, well, it's an interesting book. It's an economics book. It's It's probably not what you think would be a fun book, and I just started mulling over the idea of, of writing a really fun book with the same um, subject, um, flip the title with their permission, and the result was my book, Baptist and Bootleggers. So that came out from Evening Post Books a few years ago, and I heard so many great stories about um, drinking and, and NASCAR and Prohibition in other parts of the South that I hadn't done a good job with the first book. I thought, well, I'll write a second one, and I called it. Um, moonshiners and Methodist and Moonshiners, and that'll be out in the end of October from Evening Post Books. Also, this is you know I am I'm amazed I'm talking to you right now because I just I didn't put two and two together when I was looking at this guest coming up. I mm -hmm. just listened to a podcast about your dad's theory, and you're, you're <laughs> really yes yes. There's one I listened to two of them because I one is why yeah. we can't have nice things which uh -huh. is a, from reason, uh, a libertarian thing. And of course, I, yeah, 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 and I know yeah. about at the Adam Smith back in the day. But yeah, there was a whole podcast about it. And I so I started going down this rabbit hole on it. Is he a professor? Is your dad a professor? He's a, he's a, he's a retired professor. He's an emeritus um, dean of the business school and a retired professor. Yeah, taught at Clemson for about 40 years. And there's been multiple books written based mm -hmm. on bootleggers and and Bab uh, Baptist oh, yeah. theory. Yeah, uh, the theory. Oh, yeah. And then it's, I'm talking to her. very well accepted. <laughs> Crazy. I think Matt's a little starstruck oh, right so, now. I am so starstruck. Cool. <laughs> yeah. He does, um, he does a, a lot of writing um, for the Mercatus Center at George, Washington, George Mason University, mm -hmm. which is where my son Adam got his um, master's and PhD. And um, he does podcasts with them, and he does a quarterly economic outlook. Mm -hmm. He's real sharp. Great, it's, uh, it's great. Yeah, 
Yeah, how funny. <laughs> yeah, um, yeah. So anyway, I do expound on the theory some in both my books because there's a you know a real close connection to the theory. And then what happened with prohibition when you had a fairly small faction of the country impose their morality on the rest of the country and all sorts of unexpected things happened as a result. Right, right. Um, so let, let's go to the 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 case that we're talking about right now. Um, mm-hmm. A story about the shootout at a church in Dark Corner. So can you share a little of that with us? Yeah. Um, the Dark Corner is an area of Greenville County, and no one wants to really admit where it is. <laughs> um, the story is if you go up toward, you know, out through, up through Traveler's Rest, drive past Furman and all that, and you ask somebody how far is it to the Dark Corner, they say, well, it's a little bit farther down the road, and then you'll get a um, a message saying, you know, well, you ask somebody else and they'll say, oh, no, it's back that way. So nobody really wants to admit where it is. <laughs> but um, anyway, that was a, a huge area of moonshine activity. Um, really from the Civil War on, what happened was they had an excise tax for uh, moonshine, I mean, for alcohol that was imposed by Lincoln to pay for the Union Army. And then when the war was over, these people who had just been happily making corn liquor for generations are being approached for taxes to pay for the debts of the Union Army. And as you can imagine, they weren't real happy about it. So um, the Dark Corner became a huge area of, of moonshine production and lawlessness and that kind of thing. Um so what happened with this church, I read about it in a book um, by a man named Joshua Blackwell called Used to Be a Rough Place in Them Hills. But it, there was a shootout at a church in 1891. Um, the church members included two rival clans, the Howards and the Gosnells. Um, and members of both of these groups had been involved in a drunken altercation the night before. So they're in the outside the church. One of the sh- the Howards shot at one of the Gosnells, and in seconds the churchyard erupted in gunfire. An estimated 50 rounds of ammunition were discharged, and when all the dust cleared, one of the Howards was dead, and members of both families had suffered egregious wounds. And this is the one that gets me, including a severed tongue so yeah. how does that happen do you have your tongue out or i don't oh. know anyway <laughs> um, and no one no one was ever charged when the greenville county sheriff arrived uh, he was welcomed at the border of the community by an armed posse and was persuaded to turn back to greenville <laughs> so it was an area that was just full of full of lawlessness and there were just pockets of that all over the um the country and certainly all over South Carolina. Um, so uh, the the dark corner was kind of an embarrassment to the people of Greenville, you know, the city of Greenville, but they still wanted to get hooch from it. So, <laughs> yes, you know, <laughs> mm. they were over willing to overlook some things for some good. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Good, good yeah, moonshine. yeah. So, yeah. And that was really going to get the beginning of, um, of stock car racing was in the 20th century when these, these mountain boys were running moonshine down to the, to the cities um, from um, Dawsonville, Georgia to Atlanta and the dark corner to Greenville and um, Spartanburg and things like that. And then of course everybody, every community was making it, but um, and then that led to boys having races and their souped up boards and um, corn, you know, empty pastures. And that, that led to, 
formalized stock car racing in NASCAR. And that led to Bo and Luke Duke. <laughs> yeah, that's right. That's right. That's <laughs> boss hog and all that. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. Um, and then the other really notorious area was Hellhole Swamp. And, you know, you'll remember from Europe, some of your American revolutionary history about the Swamp Fox, uh, Francis Marion. That was one of the places mm-hmm. where he hid out with his um, his um, men and bedeviled the British. And it, the name came from a British commander who called it one hell of a hole of a swamp. Um, but it, it was a huge moonshining area during uh, Prohibition. And uh, <laughs> in uh, 1926, they had a raid down in Hellhole Swamp, and the federal government hired one of the um, kingpins of the moonshining community to rat out his rivals and lead. They had 100 federal agents. They had a two-day raid. They put 33 men behind bars, destroyed 17 stills, and then they went back to, you know, what they're doing, and so did this man, Mr. McKnight. He just went right back. He wiped out the competition. Oh, you can see geez. where economics plays into this. There you <laughs> yeah, go. Right, there you go. Right. Yeah. So he was the, the hero of the moment, but, you know, he resigned his commission and went right back. Okay. So the same guy um, in 1930 is said to have hired a, a World War One veteran, um, Sporty Thornley, to shoot the state senator Edward Dennis and he Jeez. he murdered him in full daylight on Monk, in Monk's Corner on Main Street. It was my favorite wow. touch. He was buying a watermelon at the time. Um, he died the next day. And this was this was such an egregious crime that even the New York Times took notice and its headline said state senator shot in Carolina feud and described that murder as the latest episode of this county's bloody history of gunfights, ambushes, and assassinations of recent years. Now, there were two sides to the story. One was that Mr. Dennis, who was an attorney, was in the Baptist case as a camp. He was a strict enforcer of prohibition. Another one puts him in cahoots with the bootleggers, who he was defending in his law practice. So who knows what was the case, but... um, the fact that a, that a prominent state senator had been murdered in, in broad daylight just kept a whole lot of people, got, brought a whole lot of attention to the thing. Mm-hmm. So Mr. Dennis's widow ran for his, um, to succeed him in the Senate, and she lost. So she sued Mr. McKnight for $200,000 in damages. Wow. And after a mistrial, they settled out of court for an undisclosed amount in 1932. Now, the really strangest twist of all was that Senator Dennis's son, Rembert, eventually won his Senate seat, became one of the most powerful men in South Carolina. And when this fellow McKnight died in 1960, he was one of the honorary pallbearers. Oh, wow. The son was. Yeah. Yeah. The son, yeah, wow. of the man who had paid to have his father assassinated. And it's just, you know, it just shows how weird this state is. You know, <laughs> could this happen anywhere but in South Carolina? No, man. The dude no, he, man. He pays no. to have his dad shot and he's the pallbearer. Well, and it shows yeah. how small. I mean, Michael, you might want to weigh in on the lawyer, uh, you know, this lawyer who is you know, a Baptist playing one side, but then also allegedly involved in this moonshining operation as Little well. Double dipping, seems, right? Seems, yeah. we've heard that story before. Oh, yeah. yeah. Over and over again. 
Yeah, I think you'll see a lot of connections between uh, between the criminals and the the public officials, and you know sometimes the lines <laughs> a little blurred there. <laughs> mm-hmm, yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah, there was just so much money to be made during prohibition and illegal alcohol that uh, the you know the people were bribed in law enforcement. Um, there was a big trial in, in Roanoke. Uh, Michael and I were talking about it. there were just the similarities between the big moonshine trial in Hampton County and this one in Roanoke are just startling. But the district attorney and, and the sheriff were, um, were taking bribes and supplying still parts out of the courthouse to the bootleggers. Mm. Out of the courthouse. Yeah. We, uh, the courthouse. Yeah. We, we've heard about bribes happening in the courthouse about this moonshining. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah they had that was their moonshine still um, storage area. Well, who doesn't? So you you know, to, yeah. After after being convicted or released or whatever, after going through a trial, you need a little drink afterward. <laughs> or even during, you know. And we're, what better place to meet? The people you want to pay off, like the sheriffs and the lawyers and the yeah, and the uh, yeah. politicians. What's the easiest choice you can make? Window instead of middle seat? Picking a vendor who sends a great gift basket? Outsourcing business tasks you hate? What about selling with Shopify? Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage, Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash try. Go to shopify.com slash try now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash try. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. I mean, it was, yeah. I think Prohibition was like 13 years officially, something like that. It was. So, mm-hmm. yes, yeah, so that's a lot. But, of, then it, uh, but it actually lasted lots longer in the South because the South went dry um, by um, 1918 when they passed the, the um, 19, 18th Amendment. Every state in the South had gone dry except for one. Can you guess which one? <laughs> South Carolina? <laughs> no. Oh. We were one of the last, interestingly enough. What was the state? Uh, it, Louisiana. Oh, uh, well, that makes sense. There we go. Now <laughs> we yeah, know. Yeah. yeah. Once, once you yeah, once you think of it, it's like, oh, of course it was Louisiana. <laughs> they pretty much they pretty much ignored prohibition all through the wow. the dry years, the alleged dry years. Legend, yeah. yeah. Well, and the blue laws yeah. in our state, I mean, I think mm-hmm. you know, we up until very recently, it was impossible to buy alcohol anywhere in South Carolina on a, a Sunday. A lot of South of South Carolina, yeah, yeah, it was weird, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. A, or it was impossible to do almost anything in South Carolina on Sunday, for that matter. That's true. 
I used to live at Aiken, and when my uh, my husband, uh, we, we were very, you know, we just got out of college, and we couldn't afford a television set. And then when we bought one, I discovered that he was addicted to watching football. So he would watch <laughs> football all day on Sunday, and I would drive over to Augusta and go shopping. <laughs> there wasn't anything open in Aiken. <laughs> oh, I, yeah, that's, I can believe that, but I like the football part. Um <laughs> <laughs> I like the excuse not to have anything to do on a Sunday. Right, right. Yes, exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. You were just supposed to, you know, stay at home and visit relatives, I guess. (laughs) Forget that. Yeah, Yeah, but but anyway, so the South, not only were we early to get on the dry bandwagon, we were late to get off of it. So every state except Louisiana, which immediately just said, okay, roll out the barrels, boys. You know, some of them took years to, to, um, um, bring you know um, to allow alcohol. Mississippi didn't repeal prohibition until 1966. What? Yes. 1966. 1966. They were behind the times and still well, are in a lot of issues. They, they, oh, well, there you go. Thank yeah. God for Mississippi. We say it about all kinds of things, but boy, you know, and you know, they were not really dry. Well, yeah, they probably had a big, booming yeah. moonshine operation, and I'm really going to read your, your dad's book, as well as yours, about <laughs> this economic set that yeah. plays into plays into it. South Carolina says yeah. that they're thankful for, for Mississippi a lot. That way, we don't finish last in a lot of categories. That's right. That's right. <laughs> but we, were, we were actually pretty early. I think we repealed, um, we allowed um, local option in 1935. Um, Georgia, maybe in 1937. Georgia was one of the, Georgia was one of the earliest states to go dry in 1907. Wow! So South Carolina, we were unique in that we had the dispensary system that was the state monopoly on um, alcohol stores and alcohol sales. So the people in Georgia, when they went dry in 1907, they just you know went over the border to the dispensary in like Aiken County. There was a huge state dispensary in North Augusta. They made so much money. They paved all their roads. They built new schools. They raised <laughs> teacher pay all because of those people in Augusta coming over to buy um, alcohol. Oh yeah, if you're on the border of a, a place that doesn't have alcohol or does have alcohol. Mm-hmm. You spend all your money making sure it doesn't get passed in the other state. Well, we also, yeah. but we we are the opposite with fireworks. Come to South Carolina, yeah. we give you some fireworks. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Well, you know, it's arguments like the cap that they have on sales tax on an automobile. Um, that was that was done to placate the auto dealers on the border states when they were trying to pass the Education Improvement Act, and they said, okay, we'll cap the sales tax at three hundred dollars. Now it's $500, but it was because they said, well, people will just go over to, you know, Augusta and Charlotte and buy cars and we'll go broke. So, you know. Michael, I think there was another story that you spoke with her about. What, 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 what was that one? Oh, the one in Hillsville, Virginia. Yes. That's right. The, uh, the courthouse tragedy. Um, I'm actually reading Baptist and bootleggers now and I am loving it. Oh, thank you. Uh, well, you you thank you for for writing this. It's uh, I think we forgot to mention this this book has recipes and um, oh yeah, and yeah all kinds impos- of stuff. In that's it. important cocktail recipes, and I've got some <laughs> mocktails in there too because um, I also write about the temperance movement, and so I've got some. But the thing with most of the mocktails recipes is you all oh, you can make them better by just throwing in a tot of liquor. 
Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> every recipe uh, every yes. made better, some you know, with a little splash of something. I'm with you. Yeah. And uh, so yeah. as I'm reading this book, you and I share the same publisher, Ethan Post Books. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. I've already emailed him and said, "Hey, as soon as Moonshine and, Me- and Methodist and Moonshine comes out, I I, I want it. Send me a, a advance copy." Um, <laughs> But you were telling me about a story from that book that'll be out real soon yeah, called The Courthouse Tragedy. Yeah. Um, what I do in my books, I write them in first person, and I go and visit the places I'm writing about. So um, I've, I've visited Mount Airy, North Carolina, home of um, Andy Griffith, which is mm. just the whole town is just uh, given over to um, Mayberry fans. I oh, mean, yeah. everything in Mayberry uh-huh. is Andy Griffith. But it's also got a huge amount of moonshine lore attached to it because it was a very big, Surrey County was a big moonshining area. Um, anyway, and then Hillsville, Virginia is just right up over the border. And there was a, an infamous case of a, of a, a, a family of, well, I don't want to say they're ne'er-do-wells because they, they, they did really well, but they were... Um, you know, they, they didn't want to go to prison for any sort of reason. Um, so there was a case. Um, one of the um, family members was arrested and charged with attacking a, uh, he had killed a, um, let's see, he had, he had attacked a, a uh, deputy who was bringing a, um, a member of his family in for an offense and he was convicted. And when he stood up in court, um, he said, gentlemen, I ain't a going. And that set off just the whole a courthouse just erupted in gunfire. What? Um, yeah. 57 bullets were fired and seven people were wounded and five killed, including the judge, the sheriff, the prosecuting attorney Jeez. and the foreman of the jury. Good Lord. And the other one was a witness who died. So. Anyway, this just uh, these uh, the members of this family just scattered for the hills. They had a huge manhunt that was covered by the New York Times and all these big papers. And um, <clears throat> anyway, that guy finally did go uh, go to prison, but he and his son were um, were actually executed for the minute for the murder. Um, and I think they were the first two white father and son who'd ever been executed in Virginia for uh, for a murder. Um, wow. But that was, you know, so that that's that's Hillsville's claim to fame. The the old courthouse is now their history museum, and um, um, so we we drove through Hillsville. But the, what I did with the book, it was really fun. Was I decided to go back to the earliest Americas, uh, Americans, and I I followed George Washington's trail through the South. He toured in 1791 and went from Mount Vernon all the way to Savannah. And on the way down, he was, you know, being honored and, you know, he was the subject of receptions and balls and dinners and all this. And they were just drinking themselves silly the whole time. Um, After George Washington's presidency, he came home to Mount Vernon and his farm manager, a Scot, told him he could make a lot more money with his um, grain crops by distilling them rather than turning them into flour. Uh So he became one of the largest distillers in America at that time made rye whiskey mm. and they're still making it at Mount Vernon. Oh, they so are. I got to go to, yeah. A, yeah, yeah. They, they brought the distillery, they rebuilt it and they, they distill about 11,000, not that, no, it's about a thousand gallons of, of whiskey a year. Um, 
and they sell it for quite a premium price because sure. it's George Washington's whiskey. <laughs> but I did I did get to do a barrel tasting at the still, which was really neat at um, eleven o'clock on a Monday morning. Nice. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's my kind of job you got there. <laughs> yeah, it's a tough job, but someone's got to do right, it. That's right, right. Anyway, but you know, you go from a time where people were just really drinking heavily. Um, Washington was not an alcoholic. He was a social drinker, and he was um, very um, censorious of people who were drunks. Um, but you go from a time when people were drinking a lot of alcohol. Um, the figure I've seen was like seven and a half gallons of pure alcohol a year per, per adult. Now it's like 2.6 gallons of pure Jeez. alcohol. So oh, that really? shows you how. Wow. Yeah. So why the, there was this this hard right to the temperance movement because it was just ruining people's lives sure um yeah but then it you know it got to the point where it wasn't about moderation it was about prohibition and that's when all the the criminal stuff got so bad yeah well it's been a pleasure having you on i really appreciate you spending some time with us and uh i enjoyed it we'll put a link to all the books and that sort of thing yeah i can't wait to read the new book yeah Thank you so much. And thanks for reading, knowing uh, uh, who my dad is. That just tickles me to death. Yeah, uh, that, <laughs> yeah, it was great. It was great. Uh, yeah. uh, so thank you. Thanks again. Could I say one more thing? Absolutely. I, you I can write, say two more. Yeah. Okay. All right. I write daily on um, Substack, which is a publishing online publishing platform. My It's very simple, bootleggers.substack.com. And I put up cocktail history and i also post a lot of um economics writing that my dad and oh, my cool. son write so if anyone wants to check it out subs bootleggers.substack.com we will definitely right check it out thank you so much that's, that's cool yeah <laughs> i'm thanks. on that i enjoyed it a lot cool Bye-bye. cool talk soon thank you so much Catherine. bye so that brings us to a, a story that you have michael dewitt what you got for us well uh my my family's moonshine in history uh is not so much uh, from a standpoint of an economy professor. More, we're, we're more uh, boots on the ground in the in the moonshine industry. But uh, there's a an older relative of mine, and I'm gonna change his name because he's uh, <laughs> you know nowadays he's a born again Christian. He might not want me calling his name, Uh-oh. so we'll just call him Tommy. Well, uh, Tommy, uh, in the whole theme of, of Baptists and bootleggers. Uh, Tommy had some plans one Saturday night that kind of involved a, a Baptist church. He uh, had went to a local bootlegger and picked up a quart of, of moonshine, that, that really good stuff that when you light it, it leaves a blue flame. Uh, <laughs> you put it in your, in your car, it'll start your car on a cold morning. Oh, there you go. Um, so Burn yeah, the hair off of, your uh, chest. Uh, yes, yeah, yes. Yeah, it'll, it'll take it off, or if you're a female, it'll put it on, you know. Um, <laughs> So he had some blue flame moonshine, and he uh, he knew this this lady. This uh, I'll just describe her as a, a, a robust blonde haired lady. Um, and he picked her up, and they decided to go uh, park uh, late Saturday night behind uh, a Baptist church here in Hampton County. I won't call the the name of it, uh, but they were parking behind the church, and. Um, Let's just say they were they were getting acquainted. They were passing <laughs> the moonshine back and forth and and having conversations and getting acquainted and um you know and if 
if you've ever sat and spent some time with a robust blonde girl in the, in the front seat of a Ford pickup truck <laughs> and you're drinking a little moonshine, uh, you know, sometimes the windows get fogged up. So they're parked behind the truck late Saturday night. Uh, windows are fogged up. And the way I heard the story, I'm going to clean it up for the, for the you know, the, the audience listening <laughs> back home. The truck was kind of rocking back and forth a little bit. Windows <laughs> fogged up. And I, no. I think it was because they were passing the, the, sure. the jar back and forth so vigorously. It had the truck vigorously shaking. So, uh, now, if you're listening back home and you're worrying about this young lady's virtue, let's um, don't worry about that. The, from the way I heard the story, I think she'd had moonshine before. I think she'd had conversations with boys before. And... <laughs> We really need to worry about Tommy because the preacher at the parsonage next door, he looks out of his bathroom window and he sees the, the moonlight reflecting off of the, the taillights of this Ford truck that's parked behind the church. And nobody's supposed to be behind the church in the dark on a Saturday night. So he puts his robe on and he drives uh, over and doesn't turn his lights on or anything. He just kind of kind of creeps over uh, behind uh, the Ford truck, sees the truck, no lights on, windows fogged up. And all of a sudden he turns the lights on and lays on the horn and he scares the, the Jesus out of both of them. <laughs> um, Tommy fires the truck up, doesn't bother to cut the headlights on, just fires it up, punches the gas and, and takes off. And he, he wasn't a member of that church. You know, he was, you know, if he, Anybody who's ever been parking with a girl behind uh, this church knows that there's a ditch that runs uh -oh. from the back of the church uh -huh. into the woods, a deep drainage ditch. So he just crashes that Ford truck head first down into this ditch. And the girl and the moonshine end up in the floorboard of the truck. The girl's got white lightning liquor all over her, her dress. <laughs> Tommy... Uh, his face collides with the steering wheel. Oh God! And it knocks all of his front teeth out. Okay, oh, man. So you've got this this uh, horrific, embarrassing injury. You've got this uh, young lady covered in moonshine, and the preacher doesn't know what to do. So he calls the the deacons. He calls the the building and grounds committee. He called half the church. Just shows up, and there's. Uh, the young lady covered head to toe with moonshine, embarrassed. Uh, there's Tommy. He's got lipstick all over his face. His teeth have been knocked out. It, it, it caused quite a scandal. You know? um, so it, it was such a scandal in our, in our uh, community. This is back in the 60s or 70s. that they had, uh, they had both of them on the prayer list for at least six months. Right? <laughs> they were on the prayer but, list. Oh, no. <laughs> But eventually, they named? the girl left town in in shame over the over oh. the affair, over the incident. And, oh, that's uh, sad. And and Tommy never got Tommy. another woman because he had no teeth. <laughs> well, and, and and that's the most interesting part of this whole story. I, I saw Tommy uh, uh, not too long ago, and he uh, still has his front teeth missing. He never bothered to get. Oh, them oh really? And, he didn't get. A and fix? I asked him. I said, uh, "said uh, Tommy." You know, it's quite easy to get you some partials or something that, you know, you can fix that up. You know, a little trip right there to Dr. Mills in Hampton or somebody, we could fix you right up. And he's like, man, he said, 
you have no idea what a great conversation starter this is. Every time people ask me what happened to my front teeth, I get to tell them the story. Right. I got to thinking, you know, that is one hell of a story. Yep. That <laughs> it was also going to be a country song if someone hears this. <laughs> and I want to know what what the the tea hour after church was like <laughs> after after that Saturday night. After that Saturday night, yes, yes. I think Great there was story. probably some gossip. Uh, that's wonderful. All right, check us out on the Wicked South on Facebook, uh, Michael Dewitt Social. It's Matt Harris, Seton Tucker, and we'll talk soon, friend. Mother's Day is almost here, and you can get her the most beautiful time-tested gift around. A watch she can wear every day for movement. Whether mom's into classic dress watches, rare and refined ceramics, or tried-and-true bestsellers, movement has something she'll love. And right now, you can save big on the best Mother's Day gift ever with up to 50% off site-wide during Movement's Mother's Day sale at MVMT.com. Again, that's up to 50% off at MVMT.com. Prescription products require completion of an online medication consultation with an independent healthcare provider through the LifeMD platform and are only available if prescribed. Subscription required. Individual results may vary. Additional restrictions apply at LifeMD.com. Read all warnings before using GLP-1s. Side effects may include a risk of thyroid C-cell tumors. Do not use GLP-1s if you or your family have a history of thyroid cancer. If you've struggled for years to lose weight and have given up hope, did you know you can now access GLP-1 prescription medications through LifeMD? LifeMD is now offering eligible patients online access to GLP-1s, the breakthrough prescription medication that can help you lose body fat and weight. Listen to what people are saying. Probably the easiest thing I've ever done. The medication comes in the mail and it's very easy to use. I've been able to live my normal lifestyle and I've lost 20 pounds already and I've never felt better. It changed my life. And here's the best part. Your insurance may cover 100% of the cost of your medication. So go to TryLifeMD.com to have your eligibility checked right now. Get started today at TryLifeMD.com. That's T-R-Y-L-I-F-E-M-D.com.